This is December 8th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome back to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. I hope you guys are having a great, great day and a great week. Uh, staying safe, staying healthy, all that usual uh, fun stuff that we have to do this time of year and with, obviously, COVID. Um, so uh, let's jump right into the episode. Uh, this episode... It's me and Connor Ryan, uh, and we discuss, there's actually a good amount to talk about this week, and I was very excited about that. I was looking forward to recording this. Uh, so we talked about the Bruins at Fenway. We talked about the NHL coming back. We had some fun with Jerome McGinley's, uh 30 Seconds of Fame on TV with Fox 25 News. So we get into all that. I think you'll enjoy this episode a lot. Uh, and before we get into the episode, uh, obviously NFL football continues on. This week, and which has a few surprise teams at the top of the standings. Uh, and you might not be at a game this year, but you could still be in on the action at Bet Online. Now, no matter how schedules change or players that play, Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. There are always more options to wager than anywhere online. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Before we get into the show, though, I want to say a big happy birthday to my mom, uh, December 8th. I, I'm not going to say how old she is, but I will say big happy birthday to her. Uh, hopefully she has a great day. Uh, big happy birthday to my mom, of course. Gotta, can't not shout out the parents' birthdays. I mean, seriously, what are we doing here? Uh, and without further ado, here is my conversation with Connor Ryan. <laughs> And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Nothing much, man. What's going on with you? Nothing much. It's uh, it's crazy. There's snow on the ground. Feels like last time well, we we spoke, we were kind of making fun of the fact that it didn't feel like December. Now it kind of feels like December. Yes, it's actually pretty bad out, out here at least. I know around Boston it wasn't really that bad, but out in the Metro West area where you're from, where I'm currently living, a little bit worse, but... You know, I, I, I was getting sick of like the sixty degree days, right? We need we need to we need to counter just a little bit, right? Oh yeah, no, it felt good to see the snow coming down. Um, you know, and as Jerome McGinley said, wasn't that big a deal? You know, some random guy from Canada, eh? he, you know, he's okay with with some snow. Um, but that maybe that that might be my favorite Bruins story of the entire off season. Just Jerome McGinley getting interviewed on a like at a rest stop, um, and then Fox twenty five just not realizing who it was. Not realizing, but also like Ben, like quoting him in the story. You think like at least someone along the lines would be like, "Oh, who's that? Oh yeah, no, it's the the, the Hall of Famer." Yeah, I, apparently not though. But uh, it's it's funny though. You do see that like a couple of times. Like I was looking up like other times when that when that's happened. I think there was once where it was Adrian Peterson. I saw that. I think it was, yeah, it was it was getting interviewed on the street. And you could tell, like, he clearly was like, these guys don't know who I am. Okay, well, I'll, I'll still shoot the shit. But uh, and then there was, like, one that was, like, um, Carl Alsner when he's with uh, the Capitals, where he's, like, literally in his car and they were interviewing him, too. So, but, yeah, just the fact that it was just, like, I always imagine what, like, for those athletes, it's like when, like, the person comes up to you and it's like, um, do you have a minute to talk? And it's like, uh, yeah, sure. It's a trap. No, but apparently not because they did not know who he was. So, Can we get your name, sir? Is that Jerome yeah. with an E or an A? Yes. Um, From but, Canada? Uh, oh, my God. What brings you down here? Yeah. 
I love local. I love local news. I do. I think local news is a gem. That's why I hope it never goes away. Um, and obviously the ratings on it are low and people kind of question wh- whether it's sustainable and, and like everybody watches, you know, the national stuff and the, and you know, the, the, the cable news, your Foxes, your CNNs, but I live for cable news, gaffes, funny things. Uh, they're, they're good reporters in general. Um, but I do think that like, you know, you know, let's just like the, the, the broadcasty voice over like very non-broadcasty things I think is just perfect. That's why I hope local news never goes away. It's also one of those things where I feel like every year the, especially the winter storm coverage gets crazy and crazy. Like I forget what channel I was watching, but like the dude was driving around and like, Something you'd probably see in Mad Max Fury Road. Like it was like a, a tank, like doing like kind of, you know, the one where they have like just a camera mounted up top. So yep. it shows like what the weather can do. I think he was just whipping around, uh, Framingham, but it, it looked like he was driving in like, uh, like a modified tank or like, like a Batmobile. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And like, but he was like also like they had like a camera inside. And so he'd be talking, but it was like four inches away from his face. So it looked like the Blair Witch Project. Like, uh-huh. I don't know what, I don't know what vehicle this man was driving in, but. It probably costs you know quite a bit of money to get because it looked I, like a, it looked like a legitimate tank. I was gonna say, I mean, think of the cost of that, like to do that when you could kind of just like go take a company truck out, walk around. Great, it's not as exciting; it doesn't go as viral on social media, but mm-hmm. it definitely is cheaper. It's kind of like, do you remember that uh, st- the Storm Chasers show where they would chase like tornadoes around the Midwest to be like this yeah. group of like ten dudes who would like you know they'd be like, oh, there's gonna be a there's gonna be an F four or whatever they call it, like in, in, in mid Kansas today. And they'd like yeah. take like a regular Ford Explorer. And then like, they had like a real, like a truck they would like mount to the ground and put in the middle of tornadoes. Um, I think that, that, and I think they actually, I don't, I'm actually not going to say it because I don't want it to be false, but there was some, I think someone died from that show because of a, a tornado. I could be wrong. That might, it's shocking. That might've been a Reddit rumor. I, I don't, I, I can't, uh, I cannot confirm on that. Um, but yes, God bless local news. Um, and yes, the the storm coverage is always uh, a fun time every year because it, it just gets up. There's also fun stories of like, um, I love seeing the videos. There'll be like a, a uh, and this isn't around here, but there'll be like a weather person covering a hurricane, and they're like they're like holding oh. themselves to the ground and like like they're not their weather jacket isn't flapping, but they're like they're they're twitching their head because they they're getting blown it, over it, and then you'll see some guy just walking behind them like exactly yeah yeah no they're, they're doing their own version of like the smooth criminal <laughs> lean and it's like no dude it's it's, it's 30, 30 miles per hour you're fine it ain't, it ain't that serious brother um but we may be getting a lot more reports for weather outside during Bruins games this year nice transition. Uh, last, that was a great transition I didn't even have that pre-planned um so last week comes out I think this might be the biggest. This would be the most the uh, the off season news that got people the most hype. Was this? Even though this has a zero percent chance of happening, there's no chance this happens. So everything we're about to tell you, we're gonna get we're gonna probably get you really excited talking about the idea of this. Just know that this is never gonna happen. This is like in school when you wanted like the the hottest person in school, and you'd like think about dating them, and then you'd like kind of come to reality and be like, that's actually just never gonna happen. That's like this. Uh, that is exactly like this. This is never it's going to a good to way to preface it. A great way to preface it. This is, this is the person of your dreams that you cannot get. That is what we're about to talk about. So last week comes out, uh, from Elliot Friedman and, uh, Pierre Lebrun, I believe both said 
Teams are considering doing home games outdoors. Uh, the Bruins are one of the franchises. I think it came out later that a lot more franchises than initially said. Because initially, yeah. what was it? The Kings, Anaheim, Bruins, the, and... Peng- Penguins. The Penguins. So they were... And then it kind of came out that more teams were for it because they took it a like, vote. It was like Carolina and... Uh, I think Dallas. Dallas Nashville. Yeah. So... That'd be awesome. So, again, the idea of this is perfect. I love this. I love the idea. Uh, and the Bruins were rumored to have been talking to city officials about uh, Fenway Park. And then they released a statement, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I could not find the statement anywhere last week. But I know that they released one. Uh, so, that happened. And Fenway Park. So, I think the... The idea of them playing at Fenway is great. I think the actual execution is borderline impossible. I also think watching a game there would be terrible. Like, it's fun, like the Winter Classic in 2010. It's fun to be like, I was there. I was at Fenway for the Winter Classic. But I don't think you want every game there. If you're a season ticket holder, I don't think you want to be sitting in, like, you know, the grandstand just kind of watching little figures skate around the ice. Yeah, it's not the most conducive uh, place to watch a hockey game, to say the least. I wasn't there for the 2010 Winter Classic, but I went in 14 and I want to say 17 when they had college hockey there for those games, mm-hmm. and it very much loses its luster uh, very quickly. I mean, it, it, it's cool when you walk in, you, you know, you sit down, you're a little chilly, but, you know, you, you get through it because you're, you're, you're chewing up the scenery, you're taking it all in, and then the puck drops and you're like, holy shit, this was, this is terrible. This, I, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Yeah. And those like old wooden seats. So like oh. by like the end of the first period, you actually like, like suctioned into the seat cause it's so cold. It's not great. Not a lot of, even the uh, new seats that, even the new seats closer to the field that are plastic. I mean, those are not fun to sit in in right. 20 degree weather. The, the only like way you could maybe somewhat enjoy it is if you get up to like, you know, like the pavilion box seats or any of those ones higher up there. But even then, you're also then being exposed to like the 40 mile per hour winds that would knock those, uh, those reporters leaning over. You know, it, it's like yeah. you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, but I mean, in terms of just the general idea, yeah, of course it'd be awesome. And for owners across the league, it makes a lot of sense that, all right, you're not, if the season comes back in mid January, February, you're not going to have a lot of fans, if any, in the stands, right? So your revenue is going to take a hit. Why not, you know, have open the season with, you know, the first couple of weeks having a couple of, of outdoor games just to get, uh, you know, 5,000, 10,000 fans or something in. Like, of course it makes sense. Um, is it going to happen in Boston? I don't think so. I think if you look at maybe a few of these other um, teams that are proposing it that are in, you know, markets that are much more uh, lax with how they're handling the COVID pandemic. So, uh, you know, Texas or uh, I think North Carolina, I think the, the owner of the Hurricanes even mentioned, you know, they've got NC State Stadium literally right right next to them. So, yes, yes. Um, yes. I, think, I think he – pretty much flat out said like that's what they're hoping to do so um you see a few markets and it, it seems like an easy switch um for boston i think it's easier said than done because one i mean let's say they do fenway which even then it wouldn't be the best viewing experience but if you get that approved i don't know how state or local officials aren't going to put a clamp on that right away i mean you could you could make the case that uh you know that the pressure's on the state government anyway to probably do more restrictions in the next couple of weeks based on how the numbers are jumping up. So I don't see even how 
in the span of, you know, five, six weeks, it's like, all right, we, we maybe have gotten this latest spike under control. We're going to send 5,000 drunk Bruins fans into Fenway. Yeah. Like, it's just, it just doesn't make, uh, you know, it makes sense from the Bruins perspective in terms of getting revenue, but I don't see how they're going to get the green light to do something like that. No, Boston, the thing is Boston is too strict with their COVID regulations to ever let something like this happen. I mean, this is a great, and what's funny is Boston in a non-COVID time, if you really wanted to do like outdoor games, Boston would probably be the place. You have Fenway, you have Harvard Stadium, um, which would be, Harvard would be, be, Harvard would be the place. And I think that was floated around on Twitter a bit. Uh, when this Fenway stuff came out, it was like, the, the idea of outdoor games is great. Fenway is a terrible viewing experience for, yeah. for a hockey game. Any baseball stadium is a terrible viewing experience yeah. for a hockey game. Where you should do it is Harvard. That would be yeah. like the place to do it. Um, given just the sight lines, there's no bad seats. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a very historic place anyway, so you kind of get the history involved. Um, so I do, and what's funny is I think if you wanted to, if the, if the NHL really wants to do these outdoor games where there will be fans, you know, as you said, the lack, the places that are lax with COVID, you know, Texas, North Carolina, I think Nashville's probably kind of lax with stuff. Yes. Uh, I'm just going to take a guess. Uh, I would probably guess that, uh, it's funny. I had friends in California this summer who said that it was as strict as California was. Most people there didn't take it seriously. So it was like a kind of a mix. Whereas I think it is serious here and we also do take it seriously. So it's kind of like a good yeah. balance. Um, but I do think you could find a place to do if you wanted to do a week or two weeks of outdoor games to kind of kick the season off for teams who wanted to do it. I mean, I think that'd be cool. You know, I mean, I think that would be something you could do. You could maintain the ice uh, as best you could. Um, you know, if you had a few outdoor rinks in the area, you know, if you did, I don't know, a place like Dallas, let's say, you do, let's say you do Dallas, you could do. I mean, Cowboy Stadium really wouldn't work, but there's a bunch of colleges in the area that you could put. I mean, you, you know, use the Cotton in. Bowl, which they used for the this past winter classic. So that one, they probably they probably have for the. the <laughs> it's like when you you don't put away all your Christmas tree stuff; you just leave it in the corner. I feel like they just have that like lying somewhere around the Cotton Bowl that they can just use again. Yeah, so you could do that. I mean, I, and I think that'd be cool, you know, because um, obviously maintaining outdoor ice for four months at NHL, you know, NHL ready ice for right. three or four months is borderline impossible. Um, so as fun as that uh, idea is, I doubt it ever happens. Um, but there was some more concrete news kind of put out last week about the, uh, about the NHL um, with, uh, I believe it was Pierre Lebrun of the athletic uh, mm-hmm. wrote something on this, that uh, both the NHLPA representatives and the NHL keep meeting and having these nothing meetings where they just kind of like, I guess just like talk What's up. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Do you know, how was your Thanksgiving? Oh, you got to go? Oh, I'll see you later. Like, that's sort of these conversations. It, it, it's it's just like awkward pauses, and then it's just one of them like, so anyway, we're, we're, we're thinking more about this escrow, and, and they're like, by the way, I ate Christmas shopping, but, and that, that's, how it, that's how it just ends. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, it's exactly like that. It's just like, bye, see ya. All right. And, all, right all right, you want to talk? Oh, oh, I'll see ya. Um, so that's what's happening. But uh, December 4th, Pierre Lebrun writes, progress, exclamation point. Uh, the January 1st start date that the, that both sides were clinging to until the very end. They, they were like, January 1st is going to be this. I swear it's going to happen. Not anymore. Uh, so they're going for a mid-January start this season. Uh, and then they're going for a 52-game or 56-game schedule. I don't know how they wouldn't – I think that probably would have happened even with January 1st. I don't know how you do all yeah. those games uh, or 
excuse me, how you do a full season in a short amount of time. Uh, so 52 games or 56 games. I think it probably should be even less. I do. Yeah, I thought um, it was going to be 48. Like, I think 40. Just follow the same way it was in 2012. Why not? It made sense. It worked. Like, I don't understand why that's like a big thing. Um, so that was the big stuff. Uh, they're trying to get the seat. They're trying to get the 2021, 22 season to be normal. The TV deal, uh, Beijing, NBC wants this over with the season over with by the time the Olympics start this summer. Cause again, remember it's the 2020 Olympics in, in 2021. 2021 yes. <laughs> Brilliant um, marketing on their, on their part. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not really much of a surprise that for as much, I think the last couple of weeks has been a lot of, you know, doom and gloom. I think it, that's, you hit the pot every time there's a labor dispute where it's a lot of posturing between the two sides and you get a lot of the worst case scenarios tossed out of, you know, we may not have a season. There's owners who are balking at the idea of even playing. Um, but I think as you, as you said, there's, there's too much on the line for the NHL just to punt on this year, whether it be, you know, getting rid of that, the last year, that TV deal, which they need to, which if they sign with, you know, ESPN or someone else and they get a, a massive deal, like that's kind of the NHL and the owner's own kind of stimulus package right there, right? If they, once they get through this year, as much as this, as revenue is going to dry up, um, if you get that big contract, that's going to alleviate at least some of your problems going forward. Um, but then, you, you know, you, you combine that with the fact that, um, the, the, the NHL just needs momentum going into uh, 2021, 2022. I mean, Gary Bettman has mentioned that as much as this year is going to be turned around its head, the goal is to at least have a somewhat normal 2021, 22 season. And you need to go into that year, uh, you know, with some momentum, you have Seattle crack and start playing that year. So the last thing you want to do is have that year be built up and you just don't have a season leading up into it, which is, is a, a horrible plan if, if you're trying to get any momentum from, a new franchise, especially a team that should do well in Seattle, um, you know, jumping in. It's not like Vegas where, I mean, it turned out to be a great success story, but like them jumping in, you're like, is this even going to work? Like people didn't really know what the Vegas market was going to be like. You have to think that Seattle's going to, you know, do very well from the get go. Well, I don't know if you remember what the Vegas thing, but right before they opened their season, that horrible uh, Mandalay Bay shooting happened. Yeah. And, I remember that game was like the game that brought like Vegas together. It was sort of like how, you know, the, the, um, the, the Boston had the, the Bruins game and they had the, um, the Red Sox game where Dave Ortiz, this is our fucking city. So like that was sort of like their moment. And I feel like that kind of Derek Anglin talking, you know, with the mic yeah. being like, Hey, I've been in Vegas for like 20 minutes. Or I think he grew up in Vegas. Um, so there was that aspect to it. Uh, so that like really, I think, help them in a sense or not help yeah. them but like it gave them like more attention because more people were kind of tuning in and yeah. they ended up blowing out the coyotes like 100 to nothing that night um, i remember that was people were like oh the, the knights ever going to win a game this year like they might go defeated and they ended up going yeah. to the cup final uh but seattle absolutely 100 percent needs to have momentum going into the season because again it's a better market i think for hockey on the face of it than vegas is um but you're getting compared to vegas it was a massive success like mm -hmm. so you, they're always going to have that comparison of you need to be just like vegas um and i think it's gonna be tough for them and you're gonna need as much momentum going into the next season i also think you look at the nba and you look at the nba and it's like look at the momentum they're building i mean just the trades they, the, they, <laughs> they're the also fireworks training camp they're literally in training camp right now like they're yeah. they 
for all of, you know, finishing the bubble and like LeBron and them just stopped playing in October, they're literally right back at it. Yeah. We're gonna, they're going to have games in like uh, a little more than two weeks now. Yeah. Oh my God. So that aspect of it to me is uh, crazy. It's crazy. Um, and you look at what the NHL has, they just have nothing going on right now. And it's looking worse and worse for them. And what's funny is they were the first team uh, back in like April to be like, hey, we have a plan. It's not super like defined, but we know we're going to do this, this, and this. And now they're just like, it's funny. They're arguing over economics, not even the COVID-19 stuff. Um, so anyways, hopefully the NHL comes back at some point. Uh, that would be really cool if it did. Uh, very helpful. Very helpful for everybody if the NHL decided to, uh, to come back. Um, so yeah, we hit on, we hit on Fenway. We hit on Jerome McGinley. We hit on the NHL returning. There's nothing else going on. There's not a lot of other stuff going on in the NHL world. Um, that's sort of it. So that is today's episode of Bruins Beat. Uh, Connor, before I let you go, is there anything that you would like to plug? Yeah, we're going to be obviously following along. This should be a key week for the NHL. It seems like, again, they've been hashing out some of the details of, you know, the dates and, you know, scheduling, stuff like that. But it seems a bit just putting off of, like, talking about the actual financial part of it, which is the biggest thing that's holding everything up anyway. Um, so, you know, we'll be following that along throughout the week. We'll have a few breakdowns. I think maybe looking at, uh, assessing kind of the roster the Bruins have. It feels like all the offseason stuff happened like months ago. So I feel like even oh, people yeah. are just like, what, what even is this team anymore? Like, <laughs> Krug is in St. Louis, but what the hell else do we, so I'll be looking at that a little bit at the roster and kind of seeing where, uh, there could be some strengths or maybe weaknesses on this team. So hopefully we get some good news or at least some more traction of the season coming back within the next couple of days and then we can start doing the actual fun you know content of planning out uh you know lines and, and all that fun stuff start start the the conversation it's going to go on for the rest of the year of who slides in where and who plays with david Krejci and all that fun stuff i can't wait for that conversation i am so excited to have that conversation back of like okay let's focus on hockey uh, who is on the right side of David Krejci for the 17th year in a row? Like, yeah. I just cannot wait for that. But I, I welcome it. I welcome it too. And we will have your coverage here at CLNS. We'll have your coverage at BSJ. Uh, and for CLNS Media, I'm Ed Marinovsky. You Bruins Media listeners have a great rest of your week. Mm-hmm.